With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome into the latest edition of the Rocky Top Talk podcast. I'm your host, Terry Lambert. Uh, joined tonight by Evan Winner. Uh, Evan, it's uh, it's been a minute. <laughs> it has, man. It's been a hot minute, but it's good to be back, and we've got so much to talk about tonight, so I can't wait to get into it. Just a massive, massive news day. We've been kind of waiting for uh, something like this to break because, uh, quite frankly, there hadn't been anything to talk about all summer long. Nope. Uh, didn't know if there was going to be a football season. It, it now looks like there will be at least – uh, in the SEC, uh, so it, it looks like all systems go here. Uh, we've got a schedule to break down tonight. The SEC released the full slate of games, uh, 10 games, all in conference, no non-conference stuff, uh, no Tennessee, Oklahoma. I was dis- disappointed about that. Um, but, man, just watching this schedule release tonight, uh, it's going to be a different feel. It's going to have like an NFL feel no weeks off you better come ready to roll every single week so it's going to be really really fun uh we're going to dive into that here in a minute uh first of all rockytoptalk.com is where you can get all of the latest news and information on tennessee football tennessee basketball tennessee recruiting all of that good stuff check us out over there like us on facebook follow us on twitter uh, all right, so let's just dive right into this uh, 2020 schedule. Uh, like I said, 10 games. Tennessee's going to open on September 26th with a trip to Columbia, South Carolina, to take on Will Muschamp. Uh, you know, it's not not the easiest game on the schedule, uh, but certainly it, it's a game that I feel like Tennessee sh- should probably be favored in. Uh, they finally got over the Will Muschamp hurdle last year. Uh, you know, beating him for the first time since he had been a head coach at, at Florida or South Carolina. So um, South Carolina and Missouri, a relatively easy start for Tennessee. For sure, man. I mean, this team has a great chance to start 2-0, and uh, which is awesome, obviously, like you said, in this type of schedule format because it's going to be all STC games. It's Every game matters. Everything's going to count um, by December or the day after December 5th, so I guess that would be de- December 6th for all th- everyone out there who's uh, uh, thinking I'm an idiot for right now for not knowing my days. But um, uh, you got to like the way this schedule turned out for the Vols, man. Um, if you look at it closely, they have a great chance to be 3-2 and two going into their break with Arkansas right after that. And then you've got four tough, well, I should say three, tough but very winnable games. Um, got Vanderbilt as the fourth game, which obviously – hopefully isn't tough um that's if things are going well and according to plan but you've got to like what you saw um out of this schedule release and yeah man i'm excited and honestly i'm kind of eyeing that georgia game right now uh, as a potential upset for the balls yeah you know they got to go down to athens this year um they get south carolina and missouri nothing too super strenuous i, I don't think uh you know it's not like 
the usual Florida, Georgia, you know, whatever Tennessee draws in the West. One year it was Florida, Georgia, Auburn, Alabama. Right. Uh, you know, it doesn't get much worse than that. But you really don't have that with the schedule. Um, so, you know, like I said, you're not going to be able to take any weeks off, don't get me wrong. But uh, South Carolina, Missouri, ahead of a matchup in Athens against the Georgia Bulldogs, um, it, that, that's probably as, as good as you could have asked. Um, after that Georgia matchup, it goes to Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky will be playing in Knoxville. And then Alabama comes to town on October 24th, actually the fourth Saturday in October. Uh, yeah, the bye comes after that Alabama matchup. Uh, you go to Arkansas, it should be a, a, a relatively easy win. Uh, and then I guess the toughest stretch of the, of the schedule, you're right, uh, Texas A&M at Auburn, at Vanderbilt, and then Florida in December, uh, feeling like 2001. Uh, so yeah. three of those last four games, they're they're going to be uh, really tough matchups for Tennessee, for sure. But you got to like the the thought of playing Florida um, in December. That just adds. That's first off, just cool to think about because we're used to being played at um, you know hot September. Um, but at the end, who knows where these teams could be at this point in the season uh, by the time the very last game rolls around. Kentucky's going to be a tough matchup, man. Um, I'll, I'll, I will admit before I did our preview, our Rocky Top Talk uh, football um, balls football opponent preview, uh, I wasn't really thinking too much about Kentucky. And I started looking up their roster and seeing who's coming back and uh, you know who just elevated their game last year because of a lot of the injuries they had. That's going to be a tough matchup, man. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's like I was saying, there's no weeks off. Uh, you're going to see – I don't know that you're going to see an undefeated team. Maybe, uh, you know, obviously Georgia or Alabama could pull that off. But I, I think everyone's going to kind of beat up on each other. And, and that's conference-wide – or nationwide, excuse me. Uh, ACC is going to pretty much go conference only. Uh, you know, the Big 12 is going to go conference only. Uh, yeah, all these conference games, I, I think, are going to take their toll. So, um, yeah. no Big Ten, no Pac-12 for now. You know, you've got a you've got a petition going around that Justin Fields has started trying to bring the season back. Um, you know, it, it seems like they pulled the plug pretty early on that uh, last week. So we'll see what happens there. But assuming that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 don't play, you're going to see a really different college football landscape. Uh, the the college football playoff. Is supposedly still going on, you know. They're they're prepare, preparing for a 2020 season, yeah. But there's a ton of question marks. Is there a Heisman winner? Is there a legitimate Heisman winner? Uh, is there an asterisk beside his name? Uh, you know, does the playoff actually happen, or, or are we all just playing for, you know, conference titles? Uh, you know, we've seen already today at North Carolina went back to class and and they had a COVID-19 outbreak on, on campus. So. Um, everything's super fluid. I don't think anything's set in stone. Um, you know, just kind of looking at that week one slate of games, there, there's not a lot of uh, eye-popping matchups there. I, I think that was done by design. Uh, maybe the SEC saying, hey, if we got to move it back. Uh, yeah, we're cool with, with maybe axing that first first week and, and seeing where we go here. Right. So uh, I don't know. There's a lot of uh, a lot of things in motion here. I don't think anything's set in stone. It's going to be a weird season. 
Okay, so I gotta ask: Would you rather have Missouri's first half of the schedule or Arkansas's second half of the schedule? Oh gosh, let me tell you what: <laughs> Arkansas. First of all, the SEC. Let me just let me just start here. The SEC went with a strength of schedule uh, formula to add the games to the schedule. You know, instead of going like the ACC did and, and just saying, hey, we're going to take your next two cross-division opponents. Makes a lot of sense. Everybody's cool. No, they, they go with strength of schedule. This formula that nobody knows, they didn't release it. And lo and behold, Alabama and Georgia get protected. You know, imagine that. Georgia adds Mississippi State and Arkansas. Oh, for sure. Alabama gets Kentucky and Missouri. I, I, of course. I, I mean, I, it's like I wrote the other day. There were always going to be winners and losers in this deal, but of course it was Alabama and Georgia that came out smelling like a rose. So, you know, on the flip side, you've got Missouri. Yeah, you've got Missouri and Arkansas getting screwed on this. Naturally, somebody has to. Uh, it was just a little too predictable. So, I, I don't know, man. I, I wouldn't want to be either of those teams. I mean, looking at Arkansas, they finished with A&M, Tennessee, Florida, LSU, Missouri, and Alabama. I mean, good night. <laughs> <laughs> it's three and like like we were talking before we started recording three of those six are on the road so it's not like they're getting like a couple weeks at home poor old sam Pittman, like, man uh, it's just crazy man but going back to what you're yeah i know it's just yeah sam Pittman, dude and and drink wits man and you like drink with they both seem like pretty cool guys and i bet they're just pulling their hair out uh, right now uh, but no going back to what you said though about how everything's fluid and stuff yeah you know i don't i don't know what i don't know how you approached the the postseason for lack of a better word um when it comes to this year's college play college playoff and just college football season um it really feels like you just kind of march on without the big 10 and the pac 12 you're absolutely right they made those decisions way too early i mean especially how how dumb do you think they feel now that the nba's come out with these or helped come out with these four dollar you know rapid tests um you know like a few days after they make the decision to shut down for the season so like you're saying, it's fluid. Things are changing all the time. But, man, if I had to guess, yeah, you still have a Heisman. You still have a college football playoff. And, you know, they, they can just sit at home and watch. Yeah, it, it's. I'll be interested to see if they stick with it. I don't know if you can go back on it. But, shoo, imagine if uh, if the SEC kicks off in, in September and Big Ten teams are sitting there at home. It's going to be going to be a lot of pissed-off coaches, a lot of, a lot of parents that are going to be angry, a lot of, uh, a lot of kids with pro futures. Uh, not being able to go prove themselves. Uh, and, and look, they said they're going to try and play in the spring. They're not playing in the spring. You can't play in the spring. Uh, you, you can't ask teams to play, uh, to what, 25 games in, in, a, in a single season? So, that's so dumb. And then on top of that, you've got the NFL draft in April. Uh, you're going to have everyone opting out of the season if it goes like that. So um, I don't, that was crap to me. So. Yeah, I, I I don't know if it's set in stone. I, I, there seems to be a lot of positive movement there. I, I hope they all play. I'd love to see a full season, but uh, right now, as it stands, it's going to be a condensed college football schedule. But again, uh, how awesome is it going to be to have all these SEC games? You're not going to have any any matchups with Furman out here. I, I mean, it's going right. to be uh, slobber knockers every single week. Um, well, all wait, right, wait, 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 I know, I know yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we got into another topic, but let me ask you this real quick: If they do decide to march on forward and go forward with bowl games and all that stuff, do you think they would expand? You know, you got to have six games, right? Sometimes or six games, you got to have six wins. Uh, sometimes five. 
um, to get into a bowl game. Do you think they would expand that to allow them to fit their bowl schedule? I think, since I think they'd got, have to. Right. I mean, they they have to one to fill all the games. Two, are, are we going to be in a position as a country to have bowl games? True. Uh, again, so you know, part. once again, everything's up in the air. I don't. I don't think uh, the the powers that know. I don't think they know anything right now. So, just kind of a wait and see type deal. Uh, you know, another wait and see type deal. Tennessee was waiting on Cade Mays. Uh, we got news on that. We'll talk about it after this break. All right, so we mentioned the Cade Mays news. Cade Mays, his immediate waiver to play has been denied. Uh, Cade Mays is not a quarterback, so he was denied. <laughs> I mean, can we just say that? It's, uh, it, it, the NCAA is, is really something, uh, you, you know, they just, uh, uh, I could go on for, for hours here. But um, it, it pretty much boils down to that. He's, he's not a quarterback, so he's not going to get eligibility. Tennessee got eligibility for Aubrey Solomon last year. Uh, they didn't get it for Cade Mays here. And look, Cade, Cade had played so many games for Georgia. I, I understand that part of it. Um, but coming home to play with his brother, it seems like the NCAA is approving everyone these days. Uh, eventually, we're just going to cut the crap and let everybody transfer to where they want. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt has come out today and said he's in favor of a one-time transfer with no eligibility restrictions that seems like where we're going um you know as transfers have really ramped up over these last couple of years yeah and uh, you know i hate to be cliche but sometimes cliche means common sense and obviously common sense usually prevails or at least it should prevail not too much in this day and age but um you never know what's going to happen at the program you're playing for or with or whatever, whatever verbiage you want to use or a preposition, I guess, whatever. Um, these kids go to these schools and you could run into a Jalen Hurts type situation or, yeah, Jalen Hurts or a Jalen Hurd type situation yep. where uh, you're promised one thing and then you get another thing, which promising kids something is stupid anyway. But you just don't know. And the coaches are free to leave. They're allowed to do whatever they want um, at any time. Um, and it's just to me, it, it makes no sense. And yeah, like why you should get one chance. Now, obviously, um, I can't remember the kid who transferred all around just this last year. Uh, God, I can't remember. I wish I could think of his name. Um, but uh, it might actually be the Wake Forest transfer transferring back to Georgia. But either way, um, you know, now if it's a situation like that, sure, I can understand why you'd have to sit out a year. But, yeah, man, it makes no sense to block these kids from playing. They only get so much time to play, um, and we see how easily that can be taken away from them through injuries and through stuff like this year. So just let them play. And it's good that we have a coach in Jeremy Pruitt who is actually a transfer himself um, who will stand up and say what needs to be said when it comes to this subject. Yeah, Sam Pittman leaving uh, Georgia's offensive line coach obviously took the Arkansas job. Uh, I, I think that played a role here. And like you said, coaches are free to leave, but the players aren't without penalty. Um, you know, it seems like we're heading down a road to where this is going to be. Uh, you know, like, like Nick, Nick Saban says, it'll be free agency. Well, you know, to a certain extent, yes, it will be. Uh, I, I just don't see any other route to take here. Uh, and we should mention, too, you know, Cade had uh, one of the more interesting uh, appeals for immediate eligibility because his dad, Kevin, who played at Tennessee, 
actually lost a finger <laughs> at, uh, right. at at the Georgia recruiting event. And uh, Sam Pittman actually picked his finger up and put it on ice. So there's you a nice <laughs> visual. Uh, so th- through the lawsuit and all that, I, I think they were going to try to use that in this eligibility appeal. Clearly it didn't work. Um, but, you know, someone made a good point. Tennessee went, went deep in, in talks with the NCAA about the appeal of uh, Euros Plastics last year uh, on the basketball side. So came out on top of that. Uh, Tennessee supposedly has one of the, the better compliance departments in, in dealing with the NCAA. So uh, we'll see. They, they have appealed. It's The door's not completely shut yet. Um, certainly doesn't sound good. And it's a shame because it's off its fine. Good night. I mean, Wanya Morris, Darnell Wright, Trey Smith coming back, Brandon Kennedy in year six. Uh, you throw Cade Mays in there at guard. That there's not a better offensive line in the, in, in the SEC. You know that that would be the team strength. So uh, you got Karon Calvert who would probably plug in if if Mays does not win his appeal. Uh, offensive line would certainly be be still great. But uh, you get a player like Cade Mays, former five-star recruit. Uh, yeah, that line would really really pop. And you know, I think Eric Gray would might even be in some Heisman talks. For sure. And what I like about the most about Cade is his versatility. So if one of the other guys goes down, that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, this one kid has to come in and play for them. You know, Cade could step over there and somebody could take, you know, K-Ron could fill in for Cade. I mean, there's all kinds of different options and possibility with Cade Bays in this lineup. And to me, the whole process is just dumb because didn't Aubrey Solomon get denied and then Tennessee appealed and he got approved? Isn't that how the process went? You know, I forget how that went down. I I know it went to the last week of the season and Tennessee found out three days before, which is also equally ridiculous. Right. It's just like, why? Just why? Like, if Cade Mays, if, if, if what I'm thinking is correct, if how I'm remembering this is correct, well, there's a good chance it's not. But um, if Aubrey did win his appeal last year and then Cade goes through this and wins an appeal this year, then why waste – like, it's just going back to NCAA, why waste this time? Like, it's just dumb, dude. But hopefully, hopefully it all works out, so we'll just see how it goes. We'll rotate in, uh, in some good news uh, with our next topic. Jeremy Banks is back. Uh you know, the linebacker, uh, former running back turned linebacker, uh, had a run-in with the police last year, got booted off the team. Uh, about 10 months later, he's back with the team. So Jeremy Pruitt said that they had a uh, they had a system in place for Jeremy. You know, they, the, the talks with Jeremy n- never, never really died down. You always heard stuff about him. Uh, you saw him volunteering with the, de- with the police department. And I'm trying to go back and uh, make a pretty ugly mistake uh, right. Um, so Banks is back, and, and it's a big deal to me because um, he might be inexperienced at the linebacker position, but Tennessee needs the bodies, uh, the veteran bodies particularly, at, at this spot. Losing Daniel Batuli, they're going to put a lot on Henry Toto's plate. Quavaris um, Crouch is the likely other inside linebacker there. Uh, but Jeremy Banks has a has a chance to come in and immediately be that third guy off the bench, which is a big deal for Tennessee. Yeah, you don't know what J.J. Peterson is going to bring because uh, I, I think aren't they going to play him inside? Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so you have no idea what he's going to bring. So, yeah, he's absolutely crucial depth. And, you know, man, like as long – look, I do not advocate for violence against police officers. What he did was absolutely wrong. I think he also got in trouble for threatening to slap a girl um, not too long after that. Yeah. And I, that, that I'm – 
I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah, actually, I am sure of that. So I wouldn't just go off and say something like that. Um, but uh, there's certain things that are inexcusable to me. Those are lapses in judgment. Um, we've all been there. Uh, we've been pissed off. We've had frustrating moments, uh, so on and so forth. I like the fact that Pruitt is sticking with these guys. Uh, he's seeing that these are young mistakes that can be taught and can guys can grow out of. Um, now, obviously, you have your line that you can't cross with certain players or certain situations. Um, but I, I like the fact that Pruitt is sticking with his guys. And, you know, you see stuff like this and you see stuff like uh, the Black Lives Matter uh, rallies and stuff he was doing earlier in the year and all that stuff, and getting his kids backs. Um, it's only going to build uh, his relationship with these guys. I don't think it's going to enable anybody. I don't think it's going to create a culture where these th- kids think they can get away with this because obviously Banks got kicked off the team. Um, you look at a guy like Joe Mixon. Uh, the Oklahoma running back, you know, who beat the girl up, had to spend a year off the team, and he came back. Sometimes um, that's obviously a completely different situation, but sometimes these guys do pay the price to a certain extent. I really feel like Jeremy Banks did pay the price um, in the context of what he did wrong. So it's good to see him back. Hopefully he doesn't make another mistake, and obviously if he does, then it's probably lights out uh, for good um, with him and Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah, you got one more chance to, to make it right. So uh, you, you kind of get the feeling that uh, that he's going to make this one count, and uh, Tennessee certainly uh, certainly needs needs him to do that, uh, needing that veteran body in the linebacking court. So uh, another piece of defensive news came out today: Jeremy Pruitt announced that Baylor Buchanan would not play the 2020 season. Uh, Buchanan is a senior who sat out last year. He had uh, what Jeremy what Pruitt called a narrowing of the spine issue. Uh, yeah, it's scary stuff. You know, that's if there's one thing you don't want to mess with, it's neck and, and spine stuff. Right. Um, so uh, frustrating for Buchanan, I'm sure, uh, working all the way back, uh, choosing to come back. You know, he, he could have left. He could have been done with the program, chose to come back. Uh, still got a year of eligibility. Uh, Pruitt said he didn't know if he would be able to play next season, didn't know if he was even interested in that. Um, you know, it, it's a it's a blow to the depths of, of Tennessee. But uh, Sean Schamberger, who plays that that star role, uh, proved that he was pretty good at it last year. He was a disruptor. They used him a ton on blitz packages. Um, so while it sucks, it, it's just a matter of losing some depth. Uh, but Tennessee should be fine here. Yeah, I, I'm not too worried about it at the end of the day. Um, unfortunately, it's it, it's horrible. You hate to hear it, and you wish Baylor nothing but the best. But when it comes to just you know <clears throat> football and the roster, Tennessee's pretty pretty solidified. Um, but yeah, you hate to lose the depth. Um, but in terms of you know starters and on-field production, it's you got to. I mean, it's it's just something that is unfortunate. But at the end of the day, it's not going to sting too much. Yep. Uh, I, I we'll uh, we'll close it out with some some good news on the basketball side. How about that? Uh, you know, I, as as excited as I am about football, this basketball season. Let me oh, tell you what, it it, it could fun. be special. Um, this group might have more upside than that team did two years ago. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how this recruiting class ranked fourth in the country. We'll see how they come in. Keon Johnson, Jaden Springer, uh, Corey Walker Jr. We'll see how they they adapt to the game. Um, but there's a ton of upside, and looking ahead to the 2021 class, Tennessee's already landed another five-star. Um, Kennedy Chandler, point guard out of Memphis, uh, was their top target uh, really for, for the better part of a year now. 
um, plucked him right out of Penny Hardaway's backyard. Uh, you know, Chandler gets up here and says, I'm never going to forget my city, but I'm going to play for my state. Uh, just a little jab in the hearts of, of Memphis fans everywhere. So, uh, really excited about him. Uh, you know, Clint Island, our, our, our writer on the recruiting side, comped him uh, to uh, Kyrie Irving. So that's that's a big that's a big Whoa. comp. Uh, don't know if he can live up to that. Uh, six foot one, 180 pounds, uh, just electric guard that can get to the rim. Uh, really, really excited. Rick Barnes is. Uh, is recruiting at an elite level. That's four five-star guards in the matter of 24 months, roughly. So uh, Tennessee regularly beating out Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas for these these five-star NBA-level studs. So uh, really a, a different era of Tennessee basketball here. It absolutely is, and it's just almost jaw-dropping to watch this happen and you know that Barnes is going to develop these guys you look back at his major players back in the day Kevin Durant obviously um who's the kid I'm thinking of uh PJ Tucker maybe yeah. or and then there's another guy too from Texas uh, DJ Augustine yes DJ Augustine yeah. there you go he he got he maxed all of them out um now granted what they did off well, not talking about Kevin Durant, but uh, what they did after that is completely different. It has nothing to do with Barnes. But he, he knows how to recruit and, and to max these guys out. And no better, we talked about this before the show started, no better example than Kyle Kyle freaking Ful, Ful, bleh, John Fulkerson. I don't know why I call him Kyle. Um, <laughs> dude is just has become a monster over these last few years and was even a first-team All-SEC player last year. I'm sorry, I should walk back monster a little bit. I apologize. It's getting a little too overzealous. Near the end of the year. That, that yeah, wasn't, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, he, he was playing great, man. So you combine the depth with, you know, this – or sorry, the depth that will, that will bleed over from this team into 2021, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, man. And I just – I can't believe that Barnes – well, I can believe it, but it's still – it's just so shocking to see Barnes pulling these guys, and especially, like you said, from places right out of Memphis, especially after the new – after the rivalry sparked back up, and then also from Kentucky too. I'm I'm just really interested to see what he does with five star talent because, you know, nobody was after Grant Williams out of high school. Nobody was after Admiral Schofield nope. and, and turned him into NBA draft picks. Uh, you know, guys like uh, Josiah Jordan James, uh, disappointing freshman year. But guess what? You go through off seasons with Rick Barnes, and you get a lot better. That's a proven fact. Uh, just ask the East Ponds, ask John Fulkerson, Grant Williams. Jordan Bone, uh, the list goes on and on. So the culture has has been established at Tennessee. Uh, he's recruiting in, at an elite pace now. Uh, you know, Santiago Vescovi is going to get another year in yep. the system. Victor Bailey Jr. in from from Oregon. You got a transfer coming in from Sacred Heart. EJ Anasicki going to make Tennessee tough in the paint, uh, depth off the bench, something they did not have last year. Uh, along with adding two five-star guards. So uh, Tennessee should be a consensus top 10 team. Again, we don't know how the season's going to look. But based on the success of the NBA bubble, I'm going to guess that they figure something out. I don't don't know how the non-conference schedules will look. I don't know if the Thanksgiving tournaments will happen, but I would guess that we're going to have at least, at the very least, a conference season 
uh, potentially with a bubble. I hope it happens. Uh, we should roll that right into another bubble for the SEC tournament and another bubble for the NCAA yeah, tournament. Yeah, right. So I, I think I think basketball is, is certainly sustainable. Uh, man, I hope it happens because it's going to be a fun season. Yeah, a lot of less smaller rosters, you know, smaller crowd control, for lack of a better phrase, all that good stuff. And hopefully they can figure it out. Obviously, the football season will play a lot. But, I mean, and I know college and pros are set up differently. But, I mean, another optimistic viewpoint, encouraging viewpoint, is the NFL right now. And they're testing what? I think they've had 15 players test positive out of 2,600 players or something close to that. I mean, man, that is – I'll admit – I was thinking that this year, I, I still am going to be intrigued to see how it gets pulled off, but for the longest time there, I was thinking this season was not going to happen, kept my expectations and my hopes low, so the devastation didn't hurt so much whenever the news <laughs> did come out. Yeah. Um, but it looks good, man. It's encouraging. And it also, to me, the biggest thing about it is it looks like everybody's buying in. So if you can just get these kids to buy in, which I know is completely different than getting a 30-year-old man fighting for his job and his paycheck to feed his family to buy in, um, there's at least a glimmer of hope. And, hey, right now that's all we need. Right. It's uh, definitely going to be interesting to see if they can keep it all together. Uh, But the numbers as a whole, generally speaking, are starting to go down. So fingers crossed uh, we've got this behind us. Uh, It's been weird. I I know what you're saying. I, I Football hasn't been on the radar because I, I really didn't think it was going to happen, and now it's here, yeah. and now yeah. we've got a schedule, and now I'm really excited, and now I'm ready to roll. Uh, so we've got a little over a month. September 26th is the kickoff date. A lot, of talk, lot to talk about between now and then. For sure. Uh, Tennessee kicked off practice today. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt talk, spoke to the media for the first time via Zoom. Uh, so head on over to RockyTopTalk.com. Uh, we're going to have news coming out every day. Uh, haven't been a lot, of talk, a lot to talk about lately, um, but that's all starting to change today. So check it out. Uh, we're going to be posting a little more regularly on this podcast uh, with, with more to talk about. So thanks for listening. We'll catch you all next time.